0: Hello friends, and welcome to the sermons podcast of Christ Church at Grow Farm. One of our goals here at CCGF is to help you take your next step toward Jesus and the person God designed you to be. We hope our sermons help you to take that next step. If you would like more information about the community here at Christ Church at Grow Farm, or if you would like to contact us, you can do all of that and more on our website, which is ccgf.org. And to get an even further taste of who we are, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Now, here is this week's message, grace and peace to you.
1: And amen. Hey, I want to, before we begin, I just want to thank all the men who participated and man up this past, or two weeks ago. Thank you for coming. I want to thank you all that happened there. Thank you for those of you that volunteered. It's been amazing. You know, I know that most of you in the room know that we do pittsburgh but we also do it in charlotte and i've been amazed at what god's doing among men what he's doing among their families and among the fatherless and i thank you christ church for locking arms with us at urban impact and running the lord's errands you know the father describes himself as the father of the fatherless so i want to thank you for being a church in this generation making an impact and also You know, we make another impact. Every time you go to the cafe, you go there, you eat or you serve. We're making an impact on the north side as well. So give give yourselves a hand this morning about what God's doing in your midst. God bless you. Well, today, you know, we're talking about Father's Day, and and the title of our sermon is called Expanding Influence. And men, I'm going to be talking to us about being godly men, godly men who impact our children as well as being impactful to those who are around us. In other words, being godly father figures for those who we can influence. What we're gonna discover today in our passage, we're gonna discover that Abraham, God's purpose for Abraham was for him to be a godly father to his children and to his household. In other words, he was there to make an impact with his kids, but also to be an influencer to those who were around him. But before I go any further, I know Robbie asked all the men who are fathers to raise their hands. But how about those of you that are grandfathers? Anybody, grandfathers, raise your hands? Oh, very good. How many of you are great grandfathers? We have any? If if you're a great grandfather, would you please stand? Please, please stand. If you're a great, all right, put your hands together for those guys. All right. Men, we feel like we're standing on your shoulders. Okay, one last thing. Is anybody a great, great grandfather? Anybody like that? All right, how many of you are not yet fathers? Raise your hands. Not yet fathers. Yeah. I want you to know men, all the young guys over here, that this message is not just for those of us who have kids. It's for all of us. It's for everybody in the room. You know why? Cuz there's 24 million children in America that don't have a dad. 24 million. And so I know in your communities there's all kinds of kids in your community that don't have fathers or have fathers that are disengaged. So all of us can be father figures, godly father figures for those who are around us. You know, the Apostle Paul didn't have children, but he was a godly father figure in the first century. One of the classic examples of this is his relationship with who? Timothy. Timothy he saw as his spiritual son. So it doesn't matter if you have children or not, who you are, where you come from, every one of us can expand our influence and impact people around us for Jesus Christ. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. He said, therefore, go and make disciples. In other words, you're not just to be a disciple, you're to make disciples. And how do you make disciples? You take what you're learning and you impart it to someone else. If you're not doing that, then you're not fulfilling your purpose. You're not fulfilling your calling. You're not fulfilling the mission that Jesus Christ has given to us. So all of us in this room can expand our influence by just taking what we've learned today and imparting it to someone else. By doing that, you're multiplying yourself. You're making a disciple. And then, therefore, we'll make disciples that make disciples and we'll turn things around for God's glory. So everybody in the room, this message, yes, it's specifically for men. It is Father's Day. And we're going to go right after guys and encourage you. We're not going to beat you up. We're going to build you up but it's for every one of us in the room. Our passage is found in Genesis chapter 18, verse 19. We're gonna be looking also at Genesis chapter 17, verses one through five. But before we go any further, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I would ask right now that you'd forgive me and cleanse me of any sin and that you would fill me with your spirit and you would speak through me to your people and we as your people would not just be hearers of the word, but we would be doers of it and you wouldn't stir us but that you would change us. For Lord, we ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. Genesis chapter 18, verse 19 says this, For I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just, so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he had promised him. In this verse, God is telling Abraham, I will fulfill my promise to you if you are faithful to fulfill my purpose for you. And what was God's purpose for Abraham? To be a godly father. To be a godly father to his kids and to be a godly father figure to those who are around him. It says this in, 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 in our passage, it said that he is supposed to be a father to his children and to his household. The word household there means those he influences, those he works with, those he hires, those that are around him, his extended family, he is to reach out to them as well as his own children. And the promise that God gave to Abraham is found in Genesis chapter 17, verses 1 through 5, and it says this When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me, be blameless. I will confirm my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Abraham fell face down, and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations no longer will you be called Abram, your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. God chose Abraham, yes, to be a godly father to his children and a father figure to those who are around him, but to the nations. What does that mean? It means it's referring to the nation of Israel. That as Abraham was faithful to his children and to those who are around him, he would influence the nation of Israel and therefore Israel would influence the nations of the world. And how would that happen? Through the Messiah of Jesus Christ. Jesus was coming right straight through Abraham's line and he would impact the nations. Impact the nations. Could you imagine that? Abraham just being faithful to be a godly man and a godly father would impact the nations. The nations. Was Abraham faithful? Absolutely. For God declares himself as God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Who's Isaac? Abraham's son. Who's Jacob? Abraham's grandson. But it doesn't stop there. We have the nation of Israel, and it doesn't end there. Anyone who calls upon the name of Jesus, anyone who puts their faith in Christ, can trace your spiritual heritage all the way back to Abraham. Why? Because Abraham is the father of our faith. All the way back to him. So Abraham was faithful to be a godly man, and therefore his influence continues to expand even today. Man, do you understand in this room how significant your relationship, how significant you are in your relationship with God and with your family and with your community and the people who are around you? It's absolutely significant. In verse 19 it says this, for I have chosen him. God's talking about Abraham. Abraham did not choose God. God chose Abraham for the purpose of being a godly father. And Abraham was to look at his his role as a father, not as a job or even a social responsibility, but a divine calling. Oh, man, hear that. It's a divine calling. Man, if you have kids, you have a divine calling. That is to be the father to those children. You have a divine calling. It is absolutely significant. But you know what? In our culture today, it is trying to take you away from that calling. I am not saying that women do not have a calling because they do, and I'm not saying that women or mothers do not have a tremendous influence and difference, making a difference with their kids, for they do. Matter of fact, if it wasn't for the women, the mothers, I don't know where a lot of us would be today. Why? Because I just said that there are 24 million children in America growing up without a father. So ladies are filling that role. But you know what? In our society, there are so many kids growing up without dads, and it's having a tremendous impact on our culture, tremendous impact on our society. I've said these statistics before, but they're very, it's appropriate for me to speak of them today. Listen to what is happening because of the father being taken out of his role, the father not stepping into his role as a man, as a godly man, and as a father. 90% 90% of homeless and runaway children are fatherless. 85% of all youth in prison, fatherless. 80% of rapists with displaced anger, fatherless. 71% of high school dropouts. 70% of juveniles in state operating institutions. 63% of youth suicides. And I could go on and on and on, fatherless. Listen, Men, Satan's strategy has always been this way, taking you out. His strategy is to take you out of your role. As a man, as a father, as a grandfather, as a husband. Take you out, he wins. He knows that. Stats are laid out right in front of us. If you look over the history of civilization, whether you're talking about a community or a whole nation of people, Once the man is taken out of his role, he's displaced, marginalized, or removed. That nation, that community crumbles. Crumbles. When you look in the scriptures, when you see Moses being born, what's happening in that time? Pharaoh is trying to kill all the what? Baby boys. Because that's Satan's strategy. When Jesus was born two years what did, what did Herod do? His whole plan? Take out the baby boys, anybody two years old and above. Take them out because he knows if he takes them out, he owns you. He owns your kids, he owns your wives, he owns your society. Listen, we're living in a time when our roles as men are being unbelievably attacked. When you watch, listen, when you watch uh, commercials today, I mean, how many times I watch them and I watch them and I watch, and it's amazing how they poke fun at men. Always the imbecile, always the guy that doesn't know what he's doing, always the one that's one behind. What's that all about? To marginalize you. Men, look at right here. God has a divine calling on you as a man. You, the men of God, we need to lock arms with one another We need to figure out how we're going to live for Jesus Christ in this culture, and we need to win back our families, our children, our communities, in this world. And we can do that if we'll lock arms together. You cannot do that isolated. What Satan loves to do is isolate you, wants to get you alone, on your own, think that you can't do it. Somehow you don't have enough friends. You don't have enough people. You're working all the time. He wants to isolate you. Don't let him do it. Get engaged. Be part of what God is doing. Hook up, men. Hook up and be the godly men who love your wives, love your kids, and impact your community. Can I hear an amen for that one? Amen. 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 Because that's what God has called us to do as men. Men of God. Now we can learn from Abraham three things, how we can be men of God. How we can be godly and be godly fathers to our families and and godly husbands. Number one, fathers we need to be priests of our homes we need to be priests of our home what do i mean you need to be the spiritual leader of your household you need to be the spiritual leader look what it says in verse 19 for i have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the lord in that verse the word direct literally means to give direction to give leadership to what to the instruction and the teaching of God's Word. Man, you cannot delegate your responsibility to your wife or to the church. Your wife and your church can help you, but you've got to be the spiritual leader. God did not tell Abraham if his wife was a spiritual leader or the church was a spiritual leader that he would bless him. No, he said, "Abraham, I will bless you. I will bless your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. I will have you will have a legacy of blessing if you will step up and fulfill your role as the spiritual leader of your household." And what does that mean? Give direction. Direction to the teaching and the instruction of God's word to your family. That doesn't mean that your wife can't teach and the church can't teach, of course. But you're going to engage in the leadership of that. That is so significant, man. You know what that means? That means that you've got to know what the Bible says. You cannot teach what you don't know. That's why you've got to be in the Word. That's why we have Bible studies. That's why we have men's groups. That's why we have all these small groups in the church to help you get in the Word so that you can be taught, so that you can be the the teacher to your, you can't teach what you don't. Once you learn what you learn, you can impart it to your children. That's why you've got to be strengthened in the Word so that you can strengthen your family. Men, we've got to be men of the book. We've got to be men who know the Word of God. So the first thing we got to do as men is we got to be the priest. We got to be the spiritual leader. Second, we got to practice what we teach. Practice what we teach. Look what it says in our passage in verse 19. It says, for I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him. You know what that word after him means? It means practicing what you teach. What you're saying to your family, what God is saying, you teach your children, your family, and then you say, Watch me. Watch, follow after me. I will be the example. I'll be the model. I'll practice what I teach. And you will learn from how I live my life. I will flesh out the truth. You know, I love what John Maxwell says to us men about us taking our responsibility of practicing what we teach. And he writes down 10 different things that we can get better on. And men, listen, look right here. Do not beat yourself up. I'm going I'm to read off all these things and all these things. I'm not doing all of them perfectly either. But don't beat yourself up. Just listen to what John Maxwell says to us and then let's get better. Let's get better. Number one, my child deserves to hear me pray earnestly and often. How you doing? My child deserves to hear me talk to them about the things of God. MY CHILD DESERVES TO HEAR ME SHARE MY FAITH WITH OTHER PEOPLE. MY CHILD DESERVES TO SEE ME PUT GOD FIRST IN MY FINANCIAL GIVING. MY CHILD DESERVES TO WATCH ME LIVE A a CONSISTENT CHRISTIAN LIFE. MY CHILD DESERVES TO GO WITH ME TO VISIT THE UNFORTUNATE. MY CHILD DESERVES TO HEAR ME SAY GOOD THINGS ABOUT OTHER CHRISTIANS. My child deserves to be exposed to people and experiences that will enhance their spiritual growth. My child deserves to see me love their mother. My child deserves to know Jesus Christ in a personal way. Men, what we've learned from Abraham so far is that we need to be the priest of our homes. We need to be the spiritual leaders too. We need to practice what we teach. And number three, we need to be the prophetic promoters of our family, prophetic promoters, what do I mean by that? I mean you need to remind your kids not only who they are now but who they can become. You're reminding your kids not only who they are now, but you help them see who they can become. If you ever looked into the scriptures, you'll find that God often when he wants to do something special in somebody's life, he often changes their name. Abraham learned this firsthand. Because God changed his name. In Genesis chapter 17, verse 5, it says this. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham. Now, why did God do that? But he just didn't do it for Abraham. He did that for a number of people. I'm gonna, just going to give you a few out of the Old Testament and New Testament. In the Old Testament, we have Sarai, who becomes Sarah. We had Jacob, who becomes Israel. We had Saul in the New Testament, who becomes Paul. We have Simon, in the New Testament, who becomes Peter. And why did God do that? Because God knows the power in a name. He knows that God, that a name has the power to shape someone's image, character, and destiny. And when God has a plan for someone and your name or their name doesn't match the plan, he changes the name of that person so that they will. their name matches his plan. He gives you a new name. Remember Simon in the New Testament? Simon was somebody who was like jello on the wall. I mean, he was so inconsistent, sticking his foot in his mouth all the time, very inconsistent, and then he meets Jesus. And what does Jesus do? He helps him to see who he is now. So you're Simon, but you follow after me. I'm gonna make you Peter. The word Peter, the name itself, means little stone. What he was telling that young man that day, he was saying, hey, you know what? Right now you're really inconsistent. You're all over the place, but you follow me, you're going to be like a rock. You're going to be consistent. You're going to be solid. You're going to be the pillar because I'm going to transform your life. That's who you are right now, Simon, but you're going to be Peter. He was always casting vision, always casting vision. You don't have to stay the same. You don't have to be locked in there. That if you know the Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, he's saying, I can transform you. You surrender to me and I will make you a new creation. I will set you free. That's what God says to us as the people of God. And it's amazing when you begin to believe it and you understand it. But let me, ask, let me say this to, this to us men. You know what that means? That means, men, that your words, your words have power. Unbelievable power. Your words will shape the image of your children, their character, and their destiny. Your words have words that will either bless your kids or curse them. So you've got to be very careful about what you say to them and what you say about them. It is amazing to me that I will be with families and the kids are standing right there and the parents are talking to me about their kids as if they don't exist and they're saying horrible negative things about their children right in front of them. What do you think they're doing? They're naming them. Right there, they're naming them. And you know what I'm talking about. Some of you have been wounded deeply. Listen to what G- God says to us in his word. In Ephesians chapter 4, he says this, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Men, we need to say words that are encouraging, words that will bless, words that will help our kids see what they can become. Stay away from words that are negative and abusive. Help your children, help your grandchildren, help your, the people around you to help them to see not only who they are now, but who they can become. You know what's wrong in our society? We have a lot of men who've had men put their hands on them, but they've never had a man put their hand on them and bless them. Oh, they've had men they put their hands on them, but they've never had a man put their hand on them and bless them. We're going to break that curse this morning. We're going to break it right here now. I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask, please, please, with all the men, please come. If you're physically able, you come, and I want you to come right up to the, to the front right here. Do not come up on the stances. Come on down. As you're coming down, men, what I'm going to tell you what we're going to do, everybody, come on down. Line up here, and what I'm going to ask you to do is put your hand on each other. Put your hand on their shoulder. Put their hand, make sure that everybody's touched and that you're touching someone. And as they're coming, boy, men, hey, people, put your hands together for all these men in the house today. This is awesome. <laughs> men, as you're coming, you put your hands, you might want to move a little closer. Move a little closer. So make sure everybody gets in here. Put your hands on each other. Thank you, brother. Okay. So you're putting your hands on them. This is what it is. Look right here. This is the deal. What you're imagining in your mind I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. I'm going to read the words from the scriptures. I'm going to read exactly what God calls you, who you are now and who you're going to become. And as I read these words, you imagine that the Lord Jesus Christ has his right hand on you right now. That's Jesus. And he's speaking to you. He's speaking over you. And just let God speak to you and brad and everybody's going to play a little bit behind me but you just hear these words this is what god this is what jesus says about you you're a child of god child of god you're a chosen one you are a new creation you're a citizen of heaven You're God's workmanship. You're forgiven. You're justified. You've been given the mind of Christ Jesus. You belong to God, sealed by God in Christ Jesus. Guaranteed inheritance. You're righteous. You're blessed. You're chosen. You're redeemed. You've been delivered. You've been rescued from dominion of darkness. You're completed. You've been given the spirit of power and love. You're saved. You're an overcomer. You're more than a conqueror. You're a bringing of blessings. You're part of the priesthood. You are a godly man, and you're a man who's been set free. You have been delivered, and you are eternally destined to be with God Almighty. Man, that's who you are. That's who you are now, and that's who you're going to become. That's guaranteed through the work of the Holy Spirit. Let me say this to you. I want to take this time right now and I want us to worship together. These guys are going to lead us in a chorus of songs, and as you worship, worship the one who set you free. Worship the one who guarantees what I've just said. Worship the one who died and walked out of the grave. And because he lives, you have this power. He can transform you now and forever. Man, you don't have to be alone. As you're locking arms right now, he wants to divide you. He wants to get you alone by yourself. He wants you not to believe what was just said over you, but you take it, and as you worship him today, you take it home, and you make it you. You make it part of your house. You create a loving atmosphere in your home, and that you will be able to help your family see not only who they are now, but who they can become, because the Lord Jesus Christ has already set you free. Let's worship him together, and everybody, would you please stand in the back? Everybody, and let's worship together. Extend your hands, and let's praise our God.
0: The sun sets free who the sun sets free, always free.
1: an army. Amen. God needs soldiers, man. He needs foot soldiers. People are ravishing our communities, ravishing us. Can't do it. Can't be done. If we lock arms, if we get about it, we'll turn it all around. Amen. He took 12 boys, look right here, he took 12 boys and turned the world upside down. 12. Then they turned into 70, then 120, then 500. And they turned it around. It was worse then than it is now. It ain't over, guys. Stop listening to the media. Stop listening to all that stuff. Get in the Word. I am telling you, it ain't over. You need to hang with me for a while. You need to come, I'm serious. You need to come hang out with me. I'll show you transformation. You'll see miracles. I mean it. You want to get it done? Let's get it done. And that's how it happens. It doesn't happen by standing around sitting in a pew, it happens with you and I locking arms, getting about business, and getting it done, and not doing it alone. I can't stress that enough. Stop being alone. Get hooked up. We love you. Proud of you. Yeah. 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 Proud of you. Let's walk with God. Hug somebody on the way back, go on back to your seats. It ain't over. Hug somebody. Okay, as these men are walking back, I just want to go over God has really showed us through Abraham that we've got to be priests, we've got to be the spiritual leaders. We've got to put into practice what we teach. And we've got to be those prophetic promoters. But I want you all to know this. I'm speaking to everyone. But we're not perfect. And neither was Abraham. Abraham was not perfect, folks. He had personal issues. He had problems with his wife. He had a child out of wedlock with Hagar. He was no perfect guy. But God fulfilled his promise to Abraham. Why? In spite of Abraham's failure and sin and shortcomings, the reason why he turned it around is because it tells us in Genesis chapter 17 that all of a sudden the promise was fulfilled when Abraham was 99 years old. You know what that means? If you're not 99, you got hope. Everybody in this house has got hope. (laughs) And here's how this works. The difference between Abraham and everybody else was this. He got up one more time than he fell. When he fell, he confessed it. When he fell, he got honest sooner or later with God. And he repented and he asked God to forgive him. And God forgave him and then restored him. And it brought him to the place where he could fulfill the promise. Listen, you're here today and you're sitting out there because you've been wounded by a father or by, by somebody else or whatever. You, you Things have happened to you. And you're harboring unforgiveness. You're angry. You're bitter. And, you, and you're blaming God for all this. Hey, look, things happen. I understand it. And I'm throwing a lot together when I say what I'm saying. But my friend, listen, when Jesus Christ was hanging on that cross, he has experienced everything that you've experienced. Everything. And he did that because he knew that we live in a world that is lost and people are going to hurt one another. Sin is going to devastate people. But he came and he died on the cross and he walked out of that grave so that he can set you free, so that you can know for certain that you have eternal life and that you can be with God right now today. You can be part of the family of God. See, Jesus came and died on the cross and walked out of the grave to bring all of us back into a right relationship with God. So that we not only have heaven as our home and we won't have to fear death, but we can live out everything that God has ever promised in our lives so that we can reach our God-given potential. We can fulfill the purpose that God has for us. But you know what you got to do? you got to surrender. you got to say, okay, hey God, I wanna, I'm going to do it your way. I know that I fail, but I'm going to come to you and I'm going to ask you to forgive me, whether that's the first time or you're rededicating yourself, but today is the day. God has you here, my friend, and as you watch these men up here and you really want to experience what they they were experiencing, you just got to call on the name of Christ. I'm going to give you that opportunity right here and right now. I want to ask you just to bow your heads with me. I'm going to pray a prayer. The prayer does not save you. Jesus Christ does. But this is your way in case you're new and you haven't been to church and you don't know what to do. I'm going to lead you into a prayer. Those of you that have been walking with God for a long time, you know how to pray. You deal with whatever you need to deal with. But for those, of us, us, for those of us who are new, let me help you and lead you into the presence of God. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ, that Jesus died on a cross for my sin, and he walked out of that grave. And I believe what he did was enough for me, and what he did is for me. And I ask you, Jesus, to forgive me of my sin. And I ask you to be my Savior. I turn from the way I've been living, and I turn to you and I make a commitment to you. I ask that you, Holy Spirit, that you would fill me, that I'll serve you from this day on, that you would transform me. For, Lord, I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You know, if you prayed that prayer with me, could you just raise your hand? They, turn the lights down, but could you raise your hand? Just let me know. Thank you. Thank you, folks. I see it over here. Thank you. Donna, over here, anywhere? Thank you. Listen, if you've prayed this prayer with me for the very first time, you started this relationship, you're part of the family of God. Let me tell you, all heaven is going nuts. They're going berserk right now because you've joined the family of God. I want you to know that. But look right here. I, my father was an atheist. I never went to church until I was 22 years old. When I came to know Jesus, I needed a lot of help. I didn't know what to do. If you don't tell somebody, I went out and told people, and people came alongside of me and helped me. So if you prayed that prayer, remember, don't try to do this alone. Hook up. Get with somebody so that they can disciple, so that you can grow, so you could be everything that God intended you to be. That's why we're here, folks. We call ourselves a church because we want to help you. Amen? Is it not great to be part of the family of God? Happy Father's Day to all of you men out there. God bless you.